Hey, what up? This is Swamp Fiends. Um, and today we're going to discuss the topic of uh, curating pools. Uh, now, you may not understand what that phrase means exactly, or you may be overly familiar with it. Um, but hopefully my two expert uh, guests will be able to help you understand uh, the topic and, you know, when you should apply uh, this knowledge. Uh so for my first guest, I invited buddy Ambrose on. How are you doing, buddy? Yo, awesome. Really stoked to be here. Uh, so I guess to get to know you type question, um, who was your first Malifaux master? Titania. Um, Titania. She looked awesome. She was available. And I probably ran close to 100 games with just Titania before I branched out anywhere else. Um which turned into a good call. I think like that's the way to do it. Pick a master, play that master until you know the game. Yes, definitely the most uh, common path. I feel like um, I got another another one. Um, uh, tell us about a recent dramatic Joker that you had in the game, if you could think of any. Oh geez, um, <laughs> I guess I'm putting you guys on the spot like that. <laughs> Uh, I can't think of a good one for me, but I did watch a game recently at the store that had the ill-fated Black Joker and Red Joker come up at once. Um, mm. and that was, is always the worst. Yeah, and it it followed up with something very similar on the next player's turn, where they just they lost their reds because the black was there, um, like twice in a row. Oh, you're talking about uh, red and black on damage? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's always tragic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, so uh, you, you, I thought you'd be a good um, person to talk about with this topic because you work uh, behind the scenes with uh, the Vassal World Series, correct? Yeah. Um, there's a, a handful of us who kind of organize and... and um, set up those tournaments that are happening through discord and through vassal and um i've been involved since last year when the idea first uh started percolating and and um there's a lot of just little logistical tasks that come up for that so a lot of it is like you said behind the scenes um but curating the pools is something that gets discussed a lot in in those conversations when we're setting up these events and, and argued about and um, debated at length. Yeah. And as someone who doesn't even play Vassal, I can tell you that uh, the player base is definitely uh, appreciative for all of the work you guys do on that stuff. Uh, speaking of uh, my other guest is uh, uh, someone who's also done a lot of work with the community uh, and uh, is one of the co-hosts of uh, Capital City Crew podcast, um, or maybe uh, did I say co-host? I guess you're probably one of the. <laughs> how would you describe yourself in the in your it's role a, in that quad host, right? Yeah, the quad host. I'm, exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I mean, I, doing, I'm buddy? sort of the main. I guess the main host who asks the questions of the guests and the experts, which is, I see why Craig likes to do it all these years because you can just be like. Hey, I don't know anything about this thing, right? Like you tell me and help guide, like be the stand-in for the listener, uh, asking for uh, for help. But but now I'm the expert, uh, hopefully on this. So 
that's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I think guy. it's almost like uh, Jeff is sort of the uh, he seems to be the guy slamming on the on, on the gas with the pod, you know, sort of the energy behind it. And then you're the host, and then uh, your other two uh, guests are um, um, not I say guests. Your other two hosts are are more in this uh, a, a similar role as each other with you know like uh, being more uh, commentary. Um, you know, I don't know. That's my personal. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's, that's kind of what we've uh, liked to go for so far. So, same questions. What was your first uh, Malifaux master? Yeah, so first master was Misaki back at uh, I guess it was early wave two of second edition. Um, I thought Misaki seemed really awesome. I picked her up and then quickly realized that none of the 10 thunders models existed yet because they were all being re-released as plastic or Hmm. first released as plastics and they hadn't come out so i was like well dual master we're going outcasts um and then quickly switched into leviticus who i played tons and tons of in second edition and was definitely my favorite master there um but i've always had a had a, a love of the Masaki crew and I now have a ton of the 10 thunders. Um, I haven't gotten to play them a whole lot, but I'm excited to do more of them in the future. Yeah. I think we have similar collections. Now think about it. I have thunders and outcast and explorers and, uh, yeah, you have similar roots, I guess, um, mm-hmm. or similar taste, I guess. Um, hey, exactly. And, um, can you think of any dramatic jokers recently? <sighs> I can't think of a, individual dramatic joker but i did i do recall playing a game recently with uh with josh where it seemed that he always he flipped the black joker every turn and it always came up related to damage to like this one specific model who i forget what it was it was some minion who just miraculously survived on a flank because he just kept black jokering damage on it and it got wildly more value than I expected. I was like, oh, this, this model's going to just tar pit for a turn and then get steamrolled, but then managed to survive till last turn. And it was awesome. <laughs> we love that. Um, and so in addition to your work with Nova and your, um, you know, your podcast and stuff like that, um, about a couple years ago, you wrote an article on this topic about, you know, basically... Um, how to curate pools and why, uh, you know, basically an intro to what might be a bad pool. So maybe uh, you'd be the best person to sort of define uh, when someone says the phrase curating like a pool, um, what do you think about? Yeah. So, um, and if you want to check out the article, it'll, I guess probably be in the show show notes. notes. Yeah. 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 But uh, over on third, third floor wars. Um, I think, most of it still still stands the test of time. Obviously, the schemes and missions are different now um, with GG2. And you know, whenever the next one comes out, they'll be new again. But the I think the principles there stay the same, which is that you really want to pick, like rather than just hitting the random button or flipping cards, my thesis is that the game of Malfo will be more fun, more engaging, uh, and more competitive if you select 
a mix of deployment, of strategy, and of schemes where all the schemes are a viable choice. They offer somewhat competing paths to victory. Like they're not all killing or all scheming. You know, it's a mix. Uh, they create reasons for players to interact with their crews, to be in the same place, um, to go for the same positions on the board. And it enables players to bring different play styles. It's not all super fast models to cross the board as fast as possible or just bricks in the middle of the board. Like you can approach the pool with a variety of options. Um, and then like from the, a tournament standpoint, um, I also kind of suggested that you should start with the most straightforward mix and get more complex as the tournament gets on um, mm -hmm. because you want people the the first round of any tournament since we don't have seeding really is is always going to be somewhat of a crapshoot in terms of skill level so it's better i think to save the more swingy or skill-based schemes for slightly later in the pool where skill levels are more matched yeah i i think all of that is um is, is good points that i don't want to skip over um so i guess to maybe take a step back um as well um Ambrose, when, when I say, when you think of what is a good pool, philosophically, like what is, what is the thing that comes, like what makes a pool good? Is there a way to think about it outside of like, well, I like these three and I like this strat. Like what is, what is your first priority? Um, I agree with almost everything Owen says, um, but to, to add on, I think... Um, I want the pool to force some decision-making when you get to master selection and when you get to crew selection. Yeah. Um, I think that if you, if you come to a pool and you, and I'm trying not to talk about bad pools yet, but you know, if, if you come to a pool and you know, before you declare your master, which two or three schemes you're going to be taking something, something's wrong. And, mm -hmm. and now you're playing a, a three, a three scheme game instead of a five scheme game. And that just is less interesting for everybody. Um, and, and so I, I want those pregame decision points to be accentuated by the pool, not, um, not made irrelevant. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That's the first thing I think about. I think, I think, um, Owen's article is great because it like, um, it, it's a list of examples of like ways that I have come across pools that have, uh, n either not changed my pregame decisions or completely dictated them. Right. Mm -hmm. And those two extremes is what are what you want to avoid. Right. The, the problem is, the only way to avoid them is in retrospect, right? Yeah. Like we almost don't know what makes a good pool until we find out what's definitely a really bad pool. And, and like you said, we're not not on that level, uh, not moving on to bad pools, you know, exactly yet. But like, like you said, it, it's just the the first and foremost thing I think is that the pool has to um, basically mix it up, right? Because in some ways i think it's 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 like terrain you know if your yeah. terrain has no impact it's it's 
garbage. And if, it, if, yeah. if it's the only thing that matters, it's garbage. So I think those <laughs> that's the first consideration you have to think of when you're like, well, I'm making a pool. Um, how do I make it matter but not matter too much, right? Well, the, so I, I want to tease out the terrain piece too because that actually, and, and maybe we can talk more about this later with Vassal specifically, but I think having a Vassal event where everyone plays the exact same map with the same mission creates some really interesting interplay with terrain that isn't possible usually in a physical tournament setting where you're just trying to fill tables with with terrain and they're all going to be different. Um, I'd be curious to hear more from Ambrose about how the terrain has shaped Joel's pool design. I <laughs> it's kind of a can of worms to be you honest. Terrain rules or terrain <laughs> rulings? <laughs> yeah, um, all of the above. Oh my gosh, uh, we fight so much like internally about which maps are good and which which maps are are bad, and it's super super subjective. Um, but and I think that in some cases our our discussion over the map has distracted us from making good pools right we've spent so much time thinking about which maps are we going to use and which um you know how are we going to define this terrain or not and we spent so much time on that aspect of it that then we we release a pool and we realize you know two matches in that everybody is going to be taking hidden martyrs or something um <laughs> but um one of the one of the I guess there's there's some really wonky maps on on Vassal and and some of them are cool if you play them in the right pool. Um, but there's some with a lot of blocking terrain and a lot of buildings and stuff like that that if you start um, if you do that on like symbols of authority, it just means that everybody's going to be playing Jackdaw or Dreamer, and if you don't have incorporeal you're kind of boned um so there's there's definitely with those vassal maps and you know it, it almost becomes more important that we pick a really good map for something because if we don't pick a good map for it the entire the entire tournament is affected you know it's not just one table that has a bad experience the entire the entire tournament's gonna get borked by a silly map choice that's so fascinating. I literally not occurred to me as the implications for Vassal, and that's really really cool. Um, I, I like it because it it like doubles down on the shared experience, right? When yeah, when you have when you have the same pool on Vassal, everybody's going to have a very very similar game. Um, but it does it makes those sort of spiky parts a really bad map for certain you know a certain matchup um we hear about it you know if someone if someone doesn't like a map <laughs> we hear about it i would be curious if there and it probably isn't really possible for this edition but like in a future edition of malfo if you could have a little more standardization of the boards such that you actually could run a physical tournament where you said, okay, this, this round set up your pieces like X um, where, you know, maybe, maybe they're all themed differently, but they all have mechanically equivalent 
you know, buildings or blocking or um, hazardous or whatnot. And you could have like a map that says, okay, put everything in this configuration for this round. Next round, mix it all up. I wonder if that would be interesting or just a total pain in the ass to do as a TO. I think um, my question at that point would be, what juice are you squeezing out of that? Yeah, that's true. You know, because like... A lot of the times, uh, standardization just uh, just really points to it. Just basically loads luck in some other element, you know. Like, yeah, if all the boards were standardized and all the models were standardized, well, then just jokers would be the only thing that matters, you know. Um, so I think, and I think, weird boards and weird pools, in a way, are useful in terms of constructing the narrative of like your tournament experience, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's kind of, at the end of the day, that's what you're p- playing for. You're not playing for $25 store credit. You're, you're playing for the story of your tournament win, you know? Yeah. And, uh, maybe it was weird or maybe, you know, uh, in some ways, uh, shitty pools can be interesting <laughs> towards your story, but, uh, to think more about, uh, good pools i'm I'm trying i'm trying uh, i'm trying to think about this in like a concrete way without going into like specific schemes because then they get subjective right if you know if you say like gg2 outflank is dog water (laughs) then someone else will just say well actually it's good in this situation you know so like i'm so for you guys if i were to if i were to create a fake strat right now let's just call it um, I don't know, King of the Hill. Uh, and it's just about putting the most points in the center of the board, right? It doesn't define it however you will in your mind to make it work mechanically. What is a scheme as the TO that you would reach to to add to that strat in terms of curating your pool? And either of you can go first if you have an idea. I mean, I, I think, oh, go, go, go for it. Neighbor. For me, I like to pick schemes that are not overly synergistic. So I would not want to pick something like Claim Jump. And I would maybe want to take something like Outflank or Breakthrough or something that says, yeah, you need guys in the middle, but you can't put all your eggs in that basket or you're going to miss out on your scheme points. Um, But it creates an opportunity too if you're like, oh, crap, like... I might not be the beatdown in this match. I can, why don't I spread out and go for schemes in other places? It's not just, oh, I die because I can't hold the middle. So I think for me, I would reach for things that are the opposite of that strat. I don't know. What about you, Ambrose? I, he, he, um, okay. Sort of, <laughs> sort of, maybe, yes. maybe not. Maybe. Uh, well, I, so I, th- I think it depends on the relative difficulty of both the strategy and the schemes you're pairing with it, right? So, a, a, many episodes ago, actually, I don't know how many episodes ago, but it feels like forever ago. Um, in on this podcast, Cody, you were talking about like. There's a very fine, or maybe this was one of Craig's that you were on. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, very fine balance between um, 
you know your objectives being too hard or too easy and if if they if it tips too far one way or the other then then you're just going to fall back to the default kill first yeah. scheme later right yeah and i think that pairing your your objectives both your strategy and your five schemes so that they complement each other well is actually a way that a curated pool can hone in on that balance so if if our imaginary king of the hill um we determine that it's it's relatively easy to to score points on um by by being in the middle then we want to pair it with synergistic schemes that are difficult right so mm -hmm. you know this king of the hill is easy to score but there's an imaginary scheme that requires like five scheme markers in the center and that's really really hard but that's okay because they're synergizing right and pair it with easy schemes that sort of anti-synergize so breakthrough is relatively easy and it it doesn't want you to be in the center of the board, so it has this anti-synergy. So you'd pair it with with breakthrough as well, um, and and kind of evaluating things based on how efficient they are, I think, is an important part of the process in determining what pairs well together. If that's yeah, actually, I, I love that point, Ambrose, and and I actually agree, even though that sort of somewhat contradicts what I said. I actually think that approach makes more sense because like in the example of our king in the hill weirdly claim jump could actually be good under that rubric because it's actually somewhat hard if everyone wants to be in the middle of the board to not have enemy models also in the center of the board with you right um so like so maybe you do do that but then you make sure that there's a few easy out options um i guess yeah, my my point is that like the things that don't go with it should I'd like the the it should be easy to do anti-synergistic things and hard mm -hmm. to do synergistic things. I like totally. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, if if I'm hearing what you're saying, you're basically saying that you like to Owen's uh one of Owen's first points is you have to, you know, provide alternate strategy, alternate um paths to victory. But um, you're also saying that um, you have to reward those. Like, if there if there is a obvious path and you go the alternate path, you have to be rewarded in terms yeah. of uh, the way you put it down. So that, that that's making me think. So I, I brought it up and I said like, well, you pick a you pick the first scheme that goes with that. That seemed quite obvious to me. But as you said it, I I don't think that's the heuristic I use when I first start because we're not. I mean, no one caters the. People tweak the strategy, right? In terms of the deployment, like if I'm playing standard uh, turf, I might change it to corner because I find standard turf kind of boring, uh, or something like that. But like in in general, we're not we're not curating the the strat. We're curating the pool, right? So yeah. once you got your strat, do you think uh, is that kind of the heuristic that you're using, where you're like um maybe thinking about um modules maybe isn't the right word like packets of schemes that kind of fit well together and maybe um that's the way you approach it or is it like you pick a you pick one scheme first and kind of build it like a tower i i, I usually start 
with a strategy and deployment combination. Um, and I've been playing with this for a little bit to, to try and like see what works and what doesn't work. And, and so a lot of times I'll pick like a deployment, a strategy and one scheme to see how I can get these to work. Right. And a lot of times I'm picking schemes that nobody likes. So I'm like, you know, how can I make outflank work? Um, and you, you can't, uh, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> the way you make but it so, work is you tell your players that, uh, outflank in the app means outflank in GG zero. That's how yeah, you make it work. exactly. <laughs> um, so I, so I actually, you know, you, you, you mentioned that you don't like turf war standard. Does that hold true for turf war? Um, uh, I meant corrupted well? ley line standard. Okay. Uh, Got it. I was thinking of the same five. Yeah. Corrupted ley line standard. I don't like turf war. I like in every form. So yeah, turf war is great. Yeah. But is there, is there any, is there any combination of schemes that changes your opinion about like a square corrupted ley lines pool? <sighs> because not really, yeah, I guess, because I, I mean, I, like, a, I feel like you're starting with a shit foundation. Uh, <laughs> and why not start with a better one? Um, same reason, I, 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 no amount of schemes were making reckoning, or sorry, what was the, the shittier version of reckoning in GG1? Public uh, enemies. Public, public enemies. enemies. Yeah. No, no amount of schemes was making public enemies fun for for my for my seat. So. Uh, yes and no. I mean, you can obviously make stuff better, but uh, why start with bad would be my opinion. Is your is your concern about the square board just that you have two of the markers are relatively easy? For yeah, you to and get? It, it it just becomes like it becomes like a, a strat that doesn't differentiate very well, in that it's like everyone usually gets similar amount of points unless they get tabled, and then they get all the right. points. Um, so I don't know. It, it, it seems like, it seems like it matters less is what I'm Do saying. Do you find wedge makes that better or no, no, no it's, the, it's the deployment, uh, a shape, but I think and, that's kind of uh, getting off to a tangent. Uh, what was your initial <laughs> point about like, uh, uh, schemes and schemes? I mean, a scheme would improve it is, is my point, obviously, well, not obviously, but a scheme will improve a bad strat um, deployment combo for sure. Um, I guess I just yeah, went off on a tangent on bad stuff, bad, which is which is revolutionary <laughs> conversation. <laughs> bad is bad and good is good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of went off on that tangent too because <laughs> this this is this is kind of part of my question about how subjective is this, right? Yes. Can, yeah. Can we make a, a pool that is good according our according to our criteria of what of what is a good pool? Um, you know, on a deployment strategy combo that that you think is just atrociously crap. Um, I, I don't. I don't know, right? I've and and yeah. um, I'm just continuing this tangent now, but it, it's a question that has been on my mind, right? Like, can I make interesting square, you know, square corrupted ley lines pools? Um, and and there are some that I enjoy when I'm playing stuff like Titania 2 and she likes to just, you know, put up this little wall of autumn nights on the center line and she can let her 
stupid shitty like Bultungen run some run some strategy markers while she um is a pain in the butt uh, but it's it's dirtily right like it's it's i'm not really crossing the center line and i'm mm-hmm. doing everything i can to to stop you from from scoring your first two corrupted ley lines points and i can do that because i'm noting through my knights and i've got a lot of forced movements that are pushes and and stuff like that and so i can create it a game that is fun for me to play in that setup um and i think it's a good pool but eh, i'm i'm i know i'm a minority here because most people want to want to cross the center line and and play that sort of fast game of malifaux The more we're thinking about this, the more I'm coming back to this, 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 like, uh, what is your strategy when you, when you first see the strat, you know, I think that was my uh, point I was trying to get to. And after your, uh, your, your bit Ambrose about how you're like, uh, well, you have to give alternate strats, but they have to be rewarding and stuff. I think what I usually do is when, I mean, when you're playing Malifaux, you're picking two schemes. So I think I start from a perspective of like, what is a good combo of two schemes and how many good combos can I put in this pool? Um, You know, so like if I do have like a turf war pool, like, uh, you know, to some extent that rewards killing, but to some extent that rewards scheming. So I think I want two good combos of one is scheme, you know, one, one is uh slightly less engaging and one is more engaging. Right. I mean, um, is that a, a do you guys usually use similar strategies like that? Yeah. I mean, I think that that works. I mean, as with any exper- you know, experiment, you have to hold something constant and mm-hmm. vary the other things. So I do like the okay, pick your strat, pick your deployment, pick one and then fill in the rest approach. Um I mean, hell, you could also just de- go random and then switch things if you you know need an idea for where to go with uh, if you or if you find yourself always creating the same identical pools every time but you know you got to start with something and then tweak it i i haven't gone so far as to like pair pair schemes up the way you're suggesting but it's probably a project worth undertaking um you know if you have little pods of i think you said something like this earlier too right like yeah if we know that um detonate charges and bait and switch pair well together because um they can sort of bluff each other and they're sitting in a similar space on the board without filling exactly the same role um then then that's good to know and whenever you're you know bringing one in it's worth considering bringing the other in um i i think because of the fact that it's easier to identify something that is bad than identify a a good pool um i think i've i've trended the other way around right where i i try and you know, there's there's combos that I know I don't like, and and so I I actively avoid the the bad stuff. Um, so so just what are some of the? Let's talk about bad pools. Like what what is the thing that you 
when you're thinking about bad combos, like what are you, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Uh, I don't, I mean, outflank is, is problematic for its own reasons. Right. But I also, I don't like it in combination with spread them out, you know, on its own, maybe outflank is doable and in the right situation. But if you have outflank and spread them out together, Mm -hmm. your models that are capable of doing one are capable of doing the other and spread them out is just easier to do arguably. Yeah. Um, and so outflank is even more dead when those two get dropped together. Um, so how do you, I, I mean, like most people are going to be approaching this from the perspective of I generated a random pool. Uh, this looks iffy. Like, how do I fix it? So like, if you have, like, let's, let's go with this exercise. So like, um, you have an example pool here of like a bad one, right? So it's, it's wedge turf war. Breakthrough, Vendetta, Hidden Martyrs, Outflank, and Spread Them Out. So so first of all, this is bad for, for what you said earlier in that you have certain schemes that are just easier versions of other schemes. But why else is this pool bad? Um, the other one I don't like here is Hidden Martyrs in combination with Turf War um, because it's... Um, you know, turf four isn't necessarily killy, but you do incentivize your opponents to, it does incentivize your opponent to kill your models and which hidden martyrs is rewarding you for. Um, so it makes, you know, put hidden martyrs on your wicked doll, send your wicked doll to flip a turf marker, uh, score mm-hmm. a point off it, and now wait for your opponent to come and kill your wicked doll and score a second point off of it. Um, so I, I, I don't like hidden martyrs as a deterrent. Because it has a free point, basically. It's a free point, yep. Um, And Vendetta is doubling down on that, right? Like, it's another reason why Hidden Martyrs is just too easy. And then I think Breakthrough is is very easy. And your Wait, why is Vendetta too easy in conjunction with Hidden Martyrs? uh, Well, I I think that Vendetta being in the pool accentuates the fact that Hidden Martyrs is easy. It's another reason um, for your opponents to kill stuff, because they might be vendetta-ing something, right? Mm-hmm. So, so in the hopes of, oh, I want to kill that model so it can't score a vendetta point. Oops, it's the martyr. Right. Yeah. Yep. I so, mean, so so uh, let's let's work our way backwards to that. So what is a scheme that you replace vendetta with that uh, combines with hidden martyrs in a way that doesn't um, make that scheme too good? Um, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, I, I, I don't know why I asked. It, it, so you could basically replace Vendetta with Let Them Bleed, right? Because Let Them Bleed rewards damaging models and damaging high expensive models while Hidden Martyrs rewards getting cheap models killed, right? Yeah. So you could still meet that combat-y um, element you wanted with the, the selection of these two schemes, but you could do it in a way where you're not overly rewarding uh, the combo of the two. Or... You're not overly rewarding one in its in its combination with the other within the pool. Not necessarily you're picking both, but the fact that the two exist together is 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 problematic in your opinion, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Owen, you were trying to get in there. Let me get you in. Oh no, it's just it's interesting because you know before the the match, I was curious what Ambrose's. Uh, quibbles with this particular pool would be um and that's 
I do. I do like the spread and outflank being an issue there. I, I mean, I think that's a little skewy because I think outflank is just a bad scheme in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you just drop outflank and I mean, honestly do like anything else. Um, <laughs> and it, it could be interesting to do something like uh, detonates not that great into. Well, actually, sorry, tangent detonate charges. What are your thoughts? Like, it, I think it's better in general when there's another schemey scheme that you can give you a bluff options with, um, like maybe, maybe with deathbeds or maybe with, I don't know, anything else where you need to drop markers. That said, Detonate. there are crews though that can just do it, and it's and for them they're like, I love detonate charges. Detonate charges is amazing. I throw enemy models into my area or I just poop out ski markers everywhere. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on detonate? So I, I that that that's bringing up a bigger question I want to ask in a second, but I first want to say that um, I think one concrete thing you can do when you're making your pool better is never have a scheme that is just obviously telegraphed, right? If you have one scheme in your pool that would let you that could score points by have by dropping a scheme marker on your side of the table uh then that's i feel like that then you need to change something else so that there's another scheme on that has a marker on your side of the table so like detonate plus like what you were saying before um bait and switch is like a, a decent little combo package there because when i put a scheme marker on my side of the table it could be one of two schemes or it could just be like, oh, well, I draw a card when I activate and I don't know, you know, something that, that you know, adds a little, um, uh, you know, intricate nature with the, 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 the combo of the two. Uh, I, I think that I think that detonate is a very useful curating tool because it drops schemes where models are and that's what it cares about. And I and to a lesser extent, deathbeds is the same way. Right. Yeah. But um regardless of what your other scheme marker scheme is you can usually slot detonate charges in and it's going to um cover you bluffing wise right yeah but my bigger question is for you guys i i don't know uh, what my answer to this question is but how do you guys feel about schemes where they are wildly um They are very differentially chosen by certain factions and certain crews even. So detonate is a, is a perfect example of that because it's, uh, you know, if you have a, if you have a false claim model, uh, you know, if you have hucksters, it's like free points. Um, but other factions basically can't do it without uh, very specific models. So do you guys have thoughts on if those types of schemes are good for the game. Like, I don't know, it, it, just to use the most extreme example, like in GG zero, um, certain schemes were just, if you saw them in the pool, you were taking two soul stone miners regardless. Right. And that was also because soul, soul miners were insane, but it was just the combination of these schemes plus this model. That's very, very good. It's like, I'm always going to see them. Now, on one hand, I think that's that's bad on a surface level because it's 
it's like, uh, you know, I mean, it's obviously imbalanced, but I think it's like potentially good in like a perfect imbalance situation, because if something becomes so good for a particular faction or crew, it, it starts to create its own little meta, right? Yeah. And near the end of GG zero, you could basically win games by killing Soulstone miners uh, because they built their entire game plan on it. Um, I don't know. This, you get... this is kind of, so I, I think that those are good for the game because they're good for players who want to play like a single keyword and they need they want a place to play their their really niche model that is objectively not the best but if they're limiting themselves to a specific keyword and they know that this one model can come in for this specific scheme and do a fair job then they're going to enjoy that um and similarly i think that those schemes are important for um faction players right if if you are playing your entire faction and you know i'm playing neverborn and i am dropping a different master every round and there's a there's a pool that has detonate charges and bait and switch and i can bring in you know lucius and get two free points off of detonate and at least one free point off of bait and switch um i'm feeling pretty cool about that faction mastery right and i think that if your scheme is if your schemes are too general um then the the specialists whether that be in a keyword or you know a master within the the pool they lose their place and the generalists are always going to win mm-hmm. if the if the schemes are never sort of cheatable by having just the right model yeah i agree and i, and I think those also can be nice when they are things that are rewarding doing something that is not the core mechanic like everything in malifo in general your core thing is kill enemy models by attacking them so things that are not that like oh i'm gonna do some trick tricky thing with schemes or i'm gonna like stay alive and be near them or like those kinds of schemes like even if they might favor or be easier for one faction than another, I think rewarding alternate play styles is good for the game. And to your point, like if you look at that pool and you're like, ah, crap, I'm playing against 10 Thunders. They're absolutely going to bring Hucksters. They're going to, they're definitely going to go for detonate because, oh, it's easy points. Like that does though, create the opportunity in your crew building to be like, okay, cool. I now know there's a high probability that my opponent is going to have at least one, if not two of this model. Like, what is my counterplay? And you can be thinking about that in the crew design phase, which I think actually is kind of interesting. Like what's your and, counterplay against that plan? And that was one of our key things, right? Like as long as this is keeping that pregame alive, this isn't decided before the game starts. This is still part of the decision-making process before initiative. Then I think it's, I think it's good. Um, I, I think that the Soulstone Miner GG Zero situation was extreme, um, but it was so satisfying to go up against Arcanists, know that they were going to do that, and then beat them because you can build a crew that 
<laughs> that doesn't let them keep a flank, right? Yep. Or play Terra. <laughs> or that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I just like the idea of like detonate specifically. When I when I see that in a pool, I know uh, I can auto get it with McCabe, so maybe I should play McCabe. Or like if I was already going to play Jedza, she's okay at it. You know, so what? So when you're building a pool for for the tournament, right? Like, how do you think about these? I guess uh, imbalanced schemes in terms of the flavor that they add to a pool. Like, is it something you always want to have one of those, or you think they only are you're only adding them in combination with something else? Or I mean, I, I, I don't. don't... Go ahead, Owen. Uh, so I don't think you need to have one in every single pool, but you should have one in a couple of your pools, like depending on if it's three rounds or five rounds or, or whatnot. Um, it's it's a spice. It's, don't dump it in everything all the time, but it it is nice to have. Yeah, so- I think, and I think I'm bringing them in when they're doing something else for the pool as well, right? We were talking about bring in bring in detonate so that spread them out is less telegraphed. Um, and so you're you're ticking two boxes at once. You're you're yeah. covering spread them out, but you're also providing this spicy option for the false claimers. Yeah. Uh, so Owen, so we got Ambrose's uh, example of a bad pool. Owen, uh, when you think of a bad pool, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Hmm. So I think for me, it's like the worst pool is a pool where you are not going. Well, two things. Either it's the well, three of these are two or three of these games are dead. Like no one's going to take them. They're either too hard or too hard with this deployment zone or too hard with the other options. Cause there's just clearly easier options. Like if they are obviously less good and then there's less choice happening and there's less mystery of trying to guess what your opponent is doing to me, that's what, what makes a bad pool is dead schemes. Um, I guess like beyond that, it would be, you could have a pool where it's just somewhat uninteresting. Like there's not, it's not driving that player engagement um, or driving models to go be in the same place. Um, But I I think starting with the dead schemes is, is the most obvious telegraph. So the easy fix for those is just remove the dead schemes, right? And by yeah. dead, you mean you don't mean like what's an example of a dead scheme in GG two? Just outflank. I think just outflank. I mean, I think in general, most of the rest are good. Um, I think the case would be like if one is dominated by the other. Like, well, I guess it's just this is all revolves around outflank like the example of spread the mountain and outflank so most I, I of think, the other ones are i think at least somewhat viable i think that um breakthrough and bait and switch is a situation where breakthrough is 
relatively easy. Like most crews and factions have a very good breakthrough model, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't require a lot of investment. Um, bait and switch is easy to deny that second point, um, especially if someone's going for breakthrough. And the first point is really, you know, it, it's it's you have to interact with your opponent in a difficult way to score that first point. So I think that breakthrough being in a pool makes bait and switch a lot less viable. And I I think there are situations where depending on what else is there, bait and switch very well could be dead before you get to declaring a master if breakthrough is also present. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if I hate that though. I mean, like in some ways, like uh, I've found games to be pretty interesting. If like, um, you know, if breakthrough is obvious, you know, so we're playing, um, we're playing, um, what's, what's it called? Symbols of authority in, um, oh my God, my brain. What's the name of the deployment? Flank. Yeah, we're playing Symbols of Authority, Flank, and Breakthroughs in the pool. It's like the most obvious scheme of all time. I don't know if I hate that super much because it does give a pretty clear win condition in like if you kill their their scheme runner, like, uh, well, now that I say that, uh, you have to kill all of their scheme runners in this situation because they score six points in like if one of them lives, you know. Um, so maybe that's the worst situation, but if you, if you drop symbols of authority from the equation and it's just, um, flank breakthrough and what was the scheme you said? Um, Uh, bait bait and switch, bait and switch. switch. Yeah. I kind of like that because then you're really rewarding killing that, you know, that midnight stalker, you know, that that's basically your win condition. If I kill midnight stalker, I win the game and then you can kind of hide, you know, higher based off of that so i don't know if i hate like i i think that that things being that obvious i think that that combo changes in viability based a lot based on the strategy and the deployment zone yeah yes Um, yeah yeah case in point me reversing halfway through that right and i i don't (laughs) love breakthrough in flank for exactly that reason i think it it makes it too easy to score and then that means that people are going to be like, okay, cool. That's the obvious choice. So then, you know, they're one scheme and then it's just which other one did they pick? Um, yep. I, I think, I think breakthrough is actually a, oftentimes too easy. And yeah. if you're struggling to make a pool where all your choices are viable, removing breakthrough is a good step to, like giving your other schemes space um and and part of the reason is i think that your models who are good at it are good at they're just hyper efficient right you're you're manosing and you're using one of your riders and you have this one model who's capable of scoring four victory points for you or something if it goes unchecked and so removing one relatively easy scheme that that dovetails that way uh, helps with some of the ones that are maybe a little more difficult. Yeah. It's very funny uh, because like in Owen's article, which was written in GG zero corner uh, corner breakthrough is listed as the example of something that's like a dead scheme. But in our current environment, that's like a pretty live scheme because the way the schemes have changed so much. Um, 
it's just in, in fact, it, breakthrough in in flank has become like the easiest scheme on the planet. So it we're in such a different uh, environment uh, every GG. But I guess that so how do you guys? So my my impression is if there is like an auto pick scheme based off the strat, you think drop it or and it, I could see a case being made for if you have one auto pick scheme and then four, like who the hell knows you can maybe make a pretty interesting game out of that. Uh, what are you guys thoughts? I think it might be an, in, I don't know. It, it's there's probably worse pools yeah right yeah. like if if that's if that's what you need to do to fill out your tournament schedule with an interesting you know you're, you're planning a gt and you need round five that is fun and you know everybody's gonna choose breakthrough but everybody's exhausted it's round five let's just do that right um if everything else is you know, if the other four are equal, then then that's not the end of the world. Um, but I think that it. I want to say that I want to say that it makes for a less interesting pregame, but I'm not 100% convinced of that either because of the element that if there is a single very good scheme that that does change how you're hiring, which is cool. Um, one of my complaints about the current scheme or the current gaining grounds is that there isn't, there aren't a lot of schemes that drastically warp the, the game. Um, I think assassinate is one right where he, the, the pool and the, the crew looks a lot different if assassinates in there versus not. Um, and GG zero outflank was similar, right? Like outflank being in yeah. the pool, um, really changed how everything is built. And I, I think that if current outflank was original outflank, this packet would be awesome because it would have this other scheme that really warps it. And it, it kind of, it's almost like a, another axis, right? Where you have your deployment and your strategy that, that really warp the structure and the space that is used and if, if outflank were also doing that that would be cool i think that i think that the gaming grounds can afford to have at least two very warping schemes in them what do you think about i mean they've historically limited it to 13 because that's what you could randomize by flipping cards <laughs> but there isn't really any other reason that it has to be 13. Like, could we just have more schemes to have more variety? Yeah. I was just thinking like, um, the, the overt, like, like, let's just say you're a TO living somewhere and, uh, you think, well, why not? I'm, I'm going to include schemes from all three GGs in my tournament coming up. Um, I mean, the, the, the issue with that would be like technical, you know, just yeah. because of using the app. But um, I guess the question is, what is what is the purpose of gaining grounds? Is it a is it new content or is it a new season? Right. Well, I think it's I think it's ideally both like you want. Well, 
and granted, I'm not weird, right? But like, if I was in charge of gaining grounds, I would want each season to f- overall f- change crew building a little bit. I mean, not like complete pendulum swing, but reward different play styles. Like, oh, this season, it's all about the middle. Next season, a lot of it is about the flanks or be in the end of deployment zone or whatnot. Like have it feel different so that people who are committed players over many years have a fresh experience of it. Like, oh, the meta has been shaken up. Like models that might have been bad before are now they have a, a, a place and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think, should be the goal of what you're trying to do. Like, create interesting experiences. I, I could also see a world where there is a there are shorter gaining grounds seasons that are competitive, but a sort of like competitive seasons, right? Or you know play gaining grounds x for three months um but it has a smaller selection of schemes that are a a subset of a larger right so over the year over a year instead of having 13 that we're playing we have like 20 that we're playing but we're only playing 10 of them in any given quarter or something like that yeah that could be interesting and then it's short enough that if there it turns out there's some balance issues or just people are like cool this warped the format but i don't want it to warp it forever it's it's fresh but not too long is that the the idea there that's yeah that's that's exactly yeah and as you guys are talking i'm remembering like the thing that i find the most warping about pools uh, other than like when you say multiple avenues to victory i i hear that but then my brain translates it as multiple places on the board in which you can win the game and i think that's what when i'm catering a a catering a pool that's the number one thing i'm trying to create is that you can win the game by dominating the flank or you can win the game by dominating the center or you can win the game by uh you know uh getting in the enemy deployment zone and, you know, uh, smashing all their support or something. I think that's what the number one thing I'm looking for when I'm making a pool, uh, catering a pool myself. I think it would be just to throw a completely wacky curveball at you. It would be interesting sometime to play a game of third edition using a second edition mission. Oh man. Like with that, just as stru- written. yeah, just as written, like the schemes can be scored three times once per turn, right? Like there's like the hidden component, like I think that could be interesting. Like I'd like that all of M3E is sort of this escalating points thing, but I- I do think it does limit the design space some of things that they could do that would be interesting. I think, you know, I think that um, Leave Your Mark was actually a good step in that 
putting designer hat on now which is <laughs> great but but i think i think leave your mark was a good step but it was paired in a shit like oh, the context for leave your mark was bad for leave your mark mm-hmm. um, but it was a scheme that was um you know you needed to be able to deny it when it was in the pool um and only one person could score it at a time and and it that that was very unique and i think that more like that would be interesting and we're probably not going to see it because leave your mark was so universally reviled in that packet i feel like the strategy i'd like to see come back is plant explosives i think that could be interesting too with deathbeds because the explosive markers could be your marker right it's like oh yeah come kill my guy who has these markers oh wait but maybe i'm trying to kill you next to the marker i just dropped so i've actually i've been playing henchman hardcore but swapping out vendetta for deathbeds so that yeah. there's a scheme marker element mm-hmm. and it is really cool for exactly that reason yeah that makes a lot of sense i like that yeah that would be super cool because it, it's such a like a windmills you know wombo combo when you like drop the explosive on the enemy side and you kill and you drop a ski marker and then you kill the model next to it and you know it's just such a big point swing that would be sick <laughs> but then you're putting down one to set it up and then they come and pick up your explosive and deny your whole setup oh that would be really engaging actually yeah i think it'd be fun all right well they should just make a format i should have dz created in the app this is like our all stars or something that's you can pick anything. Yeah. Go, go to the forums. That thread exists like three times and just Does it? ping, ping them. <laughs> ping weird. <laughs> Tell them we want it. Uh, DZ's ready. Like, it, it doesn't take DZ. I, I could be speaking out of turn. Maybe it's more effort on his I, part, but I, I think that it's a relatively low effort thing for him to add to the app. He just yeah. needs permission. Yeah. That would be maybe the fact that permission doesn't exist is, uh, you know, evidence of what GG is to weird. Then it really is a catered set. Although, oh, that's, I mean, with that said, like I could see him just adding to the app, the just like all button, right? It's not like, oh, this is a format. It's just like, give me all the options. Um, Maybe not the original book schemes. Oh, God, I don't even remember what. Maybe are. it is more of a headache because some of them have the same name, though. Yeah. And they're different. Well, none of... Ooh, that's true. Because outflank... Two outflanks, two they, take prisoners, you know. Uh, yeah, because in, in GG0, they introduced the asterisks to make it different than the book version. Yeah. But then... But then they did another outflank, which screwed up the whole naming convention. If I don't know, do you guys have any other points you'd like to talk about? Proposed a, a packet for a tournament, like a, a collection of pools, and been told this is bad because scheme scheme X. Well, it wasn't scheme X because. Um, uh what is it what was the bad one last season 
Um, Detonate charges? Ru- no, runic binding. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Runic sorry. binding. <laughs> Jeez. Right? I, yeah. I, was, I was told that runic binding doesn't exist, so this is a bad collection. Um, and, and I think that that's just such a it's so much more important to have three or five or however many good pools than every scheme be represented or all the schemes represented, you know, an equal amount. If assassinate has to be in every pool for like the pools to be good, then, then I think that as a TO, you should be doing that. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's the case, right? Like, but it's more important that the individual pool be fun to play than than 13 schemes be represented across all your pools. Where do you think that even comes from? I Because, I, I mean, I've only TO'd a couple <laughs> times, but the one time I did, I didn't include, like, Let Them Bleed, and someone was like, well, why didn't you include Let Them Bleed? And I was like, oh, well, I'll just include Let Them Bleed. I don't, I don't even know if it's, like, where does that... I, where does it even come from? Is it just like a symmetry thing? Is like I don't see the thing, so I'll say the thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm asking you to flame somebody now. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like I know there are people who you know like to just like to flip them randomly, and I I don't know why. Um, but there's also people who will like flip them randomly, but sort of stack the deck to make sure that your top, you know, your top twenty six cards have the the 13 schemes represented mm-hmm. twice each or something like that you know so that there's this this weird symmetrical randomization happening um and i think it it just accentuates the problem of bad right it makes it more likely that you're going to have bad pools if you do it that way um and and there isn't any benefit that i that i know of i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> I, I, yeah, so go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, like, I don't have any problem with not having a scheme, especially if it's like, if it's bad. Like, it's, it's just, oops, it was an attempt and it, it didn't quite work out and it's just not good. Um, but I think that gets harder the more rounds you have. I think in a three round tournament, it's easy to say, you know what, just, but this time we just don't have these two schemes. Um, I think in a five round tournament, I'd maybe be fine dropping one and then having another one show up once across five rounds and have something else show up four times. Like, I don't think it needs to be even. I, th- I think it's nice to have some mix just for the variety's sake um but yeah I'm, i definitely don't think it has to be symmetrical yeah yeah it's uh i don't know it's well first of all I, I mean i like randomization for you know a normal game because i feel like in order to make the best pools you have to just do experimentation i mean I really like bait and switch, which seems to be counter to what most people think. And I don't know. I've just been trying it a lot recently and I really like it now. Um, uh, so randomization has a role. I just don't think it's that much in, you know, creating a tournament um, document yeah. as well. But I also kind of don't hate the idea of within a gaining grounds, maybe less within a packet. Um, or sorry, not packet, a tournament. Um, cheat maybe is the best word for that a 
tournament pool, uh, that there is like kind of a flex uh, scheme. I, I don't know. I feel like runic binding was basically that. It's like if you want to try and flex or you wanted to just try something on hard mode, it was kind of fun that that scheme existed. But like outflank is is difficult in a way that's just annoying, right? Uh, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like there's maybe a role for schemes that are kind of just wacky and weird. Um, but I definitely don't see I, a, a need to include it in every single tournament. I, I don't, I, I wasn't, af- it wasn't that I was afraid to put runic binding into a pool. It was that there wasn't a pool where runic binding was interesting. Yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? It was, it would have been going in just for the flex. And I yeah. think in a three round event, especially there's not a need for that. But once you get to like a five round event where probably at least two of your pools are going to feel a little similar anyways, right? You're going to have two pools that are, are pretty mm-hmm. killing centric, or, or you're going to have two pools that really want you to put scheme markers down. Um, and when you get to that point, then, then having your, your wonky scheme in there as a, as a, yeah, <laughs> as a flex, <laughs> as a flex scheme, there's, there's more space for it. The more rounds you, you go. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. What, um, what do you all think about faction specific schemes? That was a thing in, I think in first edition, I never played first edition, but I think that was a thing in first edition. And it was definitely mm. a thing in uh, the campaign system that they made in second edition. I think it would be good for the game, but a bitch to play test. So what would it be but, like you have three that come from gaining grounds and you pick one and you have three that come from your faction and you pick one or you, you uh, just have one always. The, yeah. The format was, there was all, there was one always that you could. Oh, uh, you could. From. Oh, I remember that actually. Yeah. Your faction always had one that was, that was technically in the pool that you could pick. Yeah. Ah, I think there's pros and cons. Like the the risk is that it's too easy and just that faction, basically they always play that and one yeah. other thing. Like, cause that would be kind of boring for the player and for the opponent. But I think it could be interesting if it was, I don't know. I think so, there could be so a way I'd to actually, make it good, but it, I think it I, would be tough. I'd go the other way that if you're going up against resers, oh. you have a anti-resers scheme available Ooh. to you. Ooh. Okay. I like that. Yeah, I do like that. Holy shit. Yeah, because I've been dabbling in AOS and they have faction-specific schemes and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, well obviously I have this one that you know I get free points from. You know? Yeah. But I like that, that you have like counter... Mm, yeah. like remove so many corpse markers against resers use exactly that. yeah yeah that would be sick okay i do like that i i also think it's it's a f- secret way to like balance, balance the factions. factions yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> yep yep 
No, I, I like that a lot. That's clever. Well, that I also it makes also... it, yeah, it keeps it fresh because you, the faction player, it's not, I always have this scheme. Uh-huh. Right. But it and could be, something you I could always, practice. it would be, a, yeah. it would be just randomly come in and you're like, oh, now's the time. You know, I'm yeah. going, I'm going to do the, you know, um, I don't know, remove all the scrap marker scheme against Mei Feng or something. I don't know. Yeah. But you could, mm-hmm. you could, as a faction player, practice defending against it you're like okay, yeah well i know this is always going to be an option against me so how do i make sure that i make that as hard as possible um i think that's a little more of an interesting decision making process than just okay cool i picked i figured out a combo that scores this so i just do that every yeah. time yeah i like it yeah, and it, to tie it all back, I mean, like, um, one of the things, the ideals of, like, our, our perfect pool is that it gives alternative paths to victory. And and for me, what I want from a good pool is I want I want that step to be something that alleviates some pressure off of the matchup, right? Like, if, if, if I, if, if I play against Von Stuck 2 with, explorers or something and i play that matchup all the time and i know it's a bad look and it always goes this way for example it always goes it always plays out in a specific way and the pool is not alleviating that pressure then i think it's i think it's a bad pool and i think you know something like that could do something to alleviate that kind of pressure and and maybe just change it up from time to time yep Uh, so i think it's a i think it's a good thing to to stop on you guys have any last uh parting words that's not the right word. Parking words. That's that's ominous. Do you have any uh, last thing to <laughs> last things to add? <laughs> uh, uh, no. All right, cool, man. Check out Owen I mean, on think... uh, CCP and CCCP and uh, Ambrose. What were you saying? Oh, uh, if <laughs> if you're a player and your TO isn't putting this much thought into it, I think you should pressure your TO to put this much much thought into it. Like. There's TOs out there who who don't want to, but maybe they can pass the responsibility for building a pools, building yeah, pools right. to someone else. What if you, what if you just think... made them and like if you're a TO and someone said, I think this pool is really interesting, and here's my two sentence pitch about why I think it's cool, or you know, my one paragraph pitch about why I think it's cool. Do you think TOs would be peeved by that? I I don't think so. I, I don't know. I would hope not. As a TO, yeah. I would be like, sweet. I mean, assuming it was a good idea. I'd yeah. be like, yes, sounds awesome. All right, cool. So uh, I guess, uh, you know, get in your app and, you know, start writing some pools and uh, uh, sp- spam your uh, your TO's uh, Facebook messages uh, over the next week or so. Uh, They'll love so- you for it. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Ambrose. Thanks, Owen. Uh, later. All right. What are you doing in my swamp?